Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... Exactly. We go there. Because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%. Okay, let's go there. Welcome, Roxy, to We Go There. This is going to be an incredible, incredible conversation. So we have Roxy here with us today. Roxy is a dear friend of mine. She is such an incredible supporter and promoter of women and women in business and herself. She is literally building an empire here. So I am beyond and we are beyond excited um, to have you here. So just a quick little bio on Roxy. So Roxy's born and raised in Toronto and parlayed her passion for marketing into a stellar career that she's going to be speaking about today. Being a cast on the show, which I definitely watched, I'm (laughs) such a big Real Housewives junkie, Real Housewives of Toronto, gave her a stepping stone to build a business with a major shift and new meaning to the plus size world. Um, Roxy's bringing empowerment to women of all shapes and sizes and everything is around confidence with Roxy. Her confidence has helped break down social barriers and has given a voice to a large group of women, hashtag my size rocks, who deserve to be heard. She continued to promote, collaborate and celebrate trends toward inclusive sizing and growing confidence. So welcome. Oh, what an intro, Lexi. (laughs) And from you... (laughs) Uh, you are just, no, there's so much more we can say, but it's going to speak for itself through this conversation. And we just want everyone to learn like how you got to where you are of being such an incredibly confident and empowering woman. Um, and like, just get to know you because you're just so real and it, it, it warms my heart. Um, every time that we talk or, you know, get to see each other, like you're just an incredible empowering person. So let's get into it. And we're going there because there's no filters with you. Also, you were so yeah. real. Who knew it was so revolutionary to be real on reality TV? (laughs) I am so excited that we're connecting, Roxy, because you've got so much to offer and I have so many questions for you also. Oh my gosh, let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. So why don't you start with like, who is Luxurious Roxy and like, how did you come from your career and like marketing and the corporate world and to where you are now? I mean, I've always been a career girl. I think I started working at... 14. I got into the music business when I was really young in Toronto. I started promoting bands. I worked for a record label. Then I got into the concert business. Then I got into promoting parties. Like I've been working because I've loved the whole world of the hustle, earning money, creating ideas, doing it. I've been doing that since I was so young. So um, after I had an awesome career in advertising, I worked for a huge agency, Ogilvy, and I worked for them in different parts of the world. And then I went and became the client, which I was otherwise the account person for, which was American Express. Had an awesome time. And then I got to that point where you're like, look, what is my future here? Am I going to go on to be a VP here and try and have like a huge global C-level job with this company? And if I'm going to, I'm going to need to literally fit into this 
box. This, in, in that case, it was a blue box. <laughs> but I'm going to need to work within the confines of what that means. And I just couldn't make it work. I couldn't be myself and also succeed in the way I wanted to succeed in, a, in the corporate world, especially in a bank. And so that was really that turning moment for me where I thought, I need to go and figure out a career where being me is the asset, where my big voice and my personality does not get told to tone it down and dial it back and be more this and be more that, which is what it would have taken for me to succeed to the next level in the corporate world. And that was an incredible learning for me. And that's when I decided I needed to work for myself. I knew that being myself was my greatest asset. And there wasn't a lot of people like me. And then I had to find a career that where being me would be how, what I could do. And how do you do that? I have no idea. Thankfully, I literally, a casting director stumbled upon me, called me up and said, do you want to be on a reality show? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and the rest was history. I went on The Real Housewives. I thought it would be fun and fabulous in a million years. I went on because I was uh, developing a fashion app. I'm really interested in tech and fashion and the app went absolutely nowhere, but the show took off and with it, I found a whole group of women, not just in Canada, but around the world who identified with my confidence and my ownership of my body and my fashion. And I honestly, girls, I had no idea that it was that unique. I didn't know that feeling good and feeling confident when you're above a size 12 is so unusual. <laughs> and I think that's where it all started. And from there, I've been able to get into fashion collaborations. I've been able to kind of make my mark and change the narrative on what it means to be a curvaceous woman in a lot of arenas. And it all boiled down to confidence. And now everything in my future is all focused on how I can make women feel good in the skin they're in. And that's, is that, that's my career summed up in. Oh God. It's amazing. I love it. A lot of being fired and failures along the way that, you know, whenever you want to talk about, we can. (laughs) I I have a question for you. I have to ask, was there a moment like when you were working at the bank, American Express, like, was there a moment or a story you could share? And maybe there isn't, but I want to know where you were like, okay, enough is enough. Like you're asking me to tone it down. I want to be me. This isn't for me. Like, was there a moment that you could describe where that happened for you? Absolutely. I worked for this great guy, uh, had great bosses and the VP of our team, uh, his name is David. I went into a meeting with him and he just, it was sort of like a come to Jesus meeting where you're like, (laughs) look, some things are going haywire here. They're about to go off the rails. And he said to me exactly what I said to you. He said, if you want to, he goes, look, I think you're great. And you always know when a meeting starts. Oh, yeah. That is not going to be a good meeting. I think you're great. But. (laughs) You really ruffle a lot of feathers here. And if you want to succeed in this organization, you're going to have to learn how to play within the rules, how to really kind of alter this personality to succeed within what it takes. And this is the box. And you're out here. Mm. And you need to get in here. And if you get in here, I think you can do well, but I'm not sure that you actually want to be in here. Oh. And I just sat in his room and I was like, I don't think I want to be here either. Yeah. And it was like this moment where I used to, when I worked in the agency and when I was at the beginning of my career, I used to wear bright red suits and power suits and color every day. 
And I looked at myself and all I wore every day was a theory black shift dress, black Tory Burch flats, and maybe a pashmina. Right. And that's <laughs> what I wore every day. And I'm like, who am I? And that is so your opposite. Like you look at everything. You- I used to wear pink suits and like, yeah. like, who is this woman? This isn't me. And mm. that was that kind of like pivotal moment. Oh, am I supposed to say like, like it's cliche, but like Oprah's aha, where you're like, I don't want to wear a black dress that has no color. Like this place and nothing to do with American Express. I had an incredible experience with them. Mm -hmm. And it was a great organization. It's just working within a corporate culture. You need to find a way to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I wasn't wasn't excited anymore. And I'd stopped wearing color. And I wanted to go back to being fabulous. So we need to thank that. that VP for that. Amazing. And I had, and this is after about 10 years, I had an incredible experience with that. And so I'm really grateful I had it because I was able to take all this learning from how to succeed in organization and and how to work with big brands Mm -hmm. and then parlay that. And now when I work with big brands, I understand the point of view of the client so well because I was the client. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And so when you went you did the Real Housewives and you all of a sudden had this outreach of these women that couldn't believe your confidence that you expressed and wanted to understand like where that comes from and building that brand of you around that and and the body positivity true movement my size rocks like it's amazing the people who hashtag and post pictures around themselves feeling confident in their own skin um like how did you then, I guess, where did that confidence come from? And how do you try and pass that on to all of these women that follow you? Because I, I mean, I follow you and I, I find it infectious just as is, but I'd love people to understand where that comes from. And I love that you said, and it's so amazing that you had said that you, you didn't even realize that there was any reason for you to have not felt that way. So I think that's such a, oh, I didn't know why people wouldn't love my body. And yeah, it didn't occur to me that I was so big that it was like people started writing articles being like the first plus size. How does it feel to be the first plus size housewife in the world? I'm like, (laughs) who? how was that even we're talking about how does it feel to be the first girl who has a body bigger than everyone else? Yeah. Is that a positive thing you're trying to tell me? Like I, it didn't, because the thing is, is that I didn't identify mm. as one thing or the other. I knew I was curvaceous. Yeah. I knew I was bigger than all my girlfriends, but it, it just didn't occur to me to be that unique. Yeah. Or why was it seen as this bad thing? Yeah. And I just didn't understand it. And that's where my size rocks came from. I kept on saying you're the first, like people would introduce me. I was in an interview with entertainment tonight and they said the first plus size, this, like you're breaking down barriers. You're so brave. And I looked at her and I said, this is my, I am not plus size. I am my size and my size rocks. I love that. And then I said to her, do you ask Giselle if she is brave? Why am I so brave? Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel fine in my body because I'm not a really small size. And then it all just began. 
Yeah. All of the, and then this whole world I delved into about women and our bodies and how we feel and what fashion does to us and mm-hmm. how we're left out. And, 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 and then it's like, of course I don't, shouldn't feel good. Yeah. Why would I feel good? The whole world is telling me that I don't fit in. Yeah. Right. It's an anomaly. I feel good. And then I realized this is, I need to teach other women how I feel good. It's so true. And it, it, and it's to find and have that aha moment because you will go after brands. Like you'll totally call them out and be like, you're not being inclusive. And I, I love that you do that. And I'm sure all of the, like these women that follow you as well are like, thank you because I've had that exact experience. Yeah. There, there are a lot of, there are a lot of PR firms that hate me. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not getting gifted free shit all the time. They're like, screw you. <laughs> but, uh, the reality is, is like, this is my mission. This is what I'm here to do. I try and call people out politely and respectfully, but I'm like, Hey, what about me? Why can't I fit in your clothes? I'm not that, I'm not that out of the norm. And if I'm not that out of the norm, like right now I'm a size 12. Yeah, exactly. Why can't I go shopping? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned something. I was watching some of your amazing stuff online. Um, I think it was on Instagram and you had done an interview um, and you were explaining how your body used to be a source of anxiety for you. And now you've managed to shift that. And it's beyond powerful what you're doing, just, you know, what you've done for yourself and then just sort of shining a light on how, you know, women don't need to feel, you know, negative about how they look. And and I just think what you're doing is so important. But I guess my question is, when you mentioned that you used to feel anxiety about your body, was there a moment where you were like, enough is enough. I'm not going to feel this way anymore. Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't feel anxiety about my body until the world started telling me that I should. Okay. So I would go shopping and girls would be like, I'm so sorry. Nothing fits you in the store. Um, Maybe we can find something to flatter your figure. Mm. Like, oh, why does nothing fit me in the store? Right. Am I that big? And And that's how it began. And then you start getting this narrative about why, why doesn't anything fit me? Why do I need, why is everyone telling me to lose weight? Why is everyone talking to me about their exercise programs? And why is everyone assuming I don't eat healthy? Like what is happening? (laughs) And that's when it started. And then um, I was with someone at the time who also had a point of view. Who'd be like, you're so pretty. You look, you have a model face. It's like, you should work out more. And then it would like, you know, you don't want to like waste your, you're so pretty. Wait, oh my God. And I don't blame him for that. That was his own anxiety about how he feels about himself that was clearly projected on me. But all of a sudden, it was like the outside world kept telling me that I should feel bad. And and that's what happened when I went on The Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. The whole world said to me, Hold on a second. Why do you feel good? You shouldn't feel good. You're big. You're bigger than all those girls. And you don't fit in any of the clothes. Why do you feel good? Why do you have confidence? And I had always derived my confidence from things that had nothing to do with how I looked. I never thought I was the pretty girlfriend. Like of my girlfriends, I like all my girlfriends I looked around were all blonde, skinny, like, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but they all look <laughs> one way. Not that that's a bad thing, girls. <laughs> 
And so I never thought, felt like, and I never felt like I was the pretty one. So I always thought I'd focus on my career and be the smart one. Mm-hmm. And so where I derived my confidence from was through my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And those accomplishments, then when a people started saying, why are you confident? I said, well, why would, shouldn't I be confident? Yeah. I'm accomplished. I'm fabulous. I'm fun. Like, I didn't get it. Yeah. And uh, that's what I mean. Like the world started telling me I shouldn't feel good. And that does wear on you. Totally. Totally. No, I can't imagine. And I think that that's where that shift has been so great that you've been able to help others in making that as well. And I even love like recently, I know people are obviously because you don't, and you do it in such an incredible way because you don't talk about body size, you talk about confidence. And so, and I know people always ask you because you you are so happy right now and you're glowing and all of these things and you have lost some weight. And so then people ask you all the time, like, how have you lost weight? How are you? And you specifically, I know just the other day and I was like, I showed my husband because I just thought it was so fabulous that you are, you specifically posted how you're trying to find the right way to talk about the changes to you physically, because you, you talk so much about the inside out. And I think that in a world right now that we live in and, and from the past years ago as well, like coming out of the real housewives, it's so focused on like your physical appearance being linked to your confidence and who you are and your abilities as a person. And you're removing that completely and your worth is like, Based, I it was like I wasn't worthy of a lot of things because of my size, which is That's so horrible, so awful. Because I was like, well, at least she's skinny. Like that was it. That was in my brain. It was that simple. You've done all this. You're this. You're that. You're blah blah blah. But she's skinny, so it doesn't matter if she's mean or if she's not a good wife or if she's not a good mom or she's not good at her career. She's pretty and she's skinny, and that's her value. Yeah. And that's where it was going. Like that's where your brain goes because that's what you're told. Like that is what, it, sorry, I keep rocking the thing because it's all good. Because like I'm leaning my big thighs on this thing. Just so you know, I'm, you're, you're watching me and I've got my legs on a chair and I'm rocking them back and forth because I talk to my hands. Well, stop doing that. But um, yeah, it, it was, yeah, that's why you need to change the world. You can't just change yourself because I realized how many other girls are walking into a world where the world tells them how they should be mm-hmm. rather than them just were eroding their confidence before they even had a shot at it. But they were born with confidence. They were born feeling good. And then we've taken it away. Totally. Yeah. When do you think that starts? Like, was there an age when you feel like you've noticed that that starts to happen for girls? It's just so different for so many girls. I talked to so many different types of women, but it usually is something that triggers it. It's a boyfriend, it's a parent, it's a mm. aunt. And that's like across the board. I find girls um, that I speak to, it was, it's a thing. It's a thing that starts or a person or a comment that you have no idea that that could have that impact. But if we haven't set them up with the tools of how they can grow and maintain their confidence, then it's going to start being taken away from them. Right. You are doing such a service to women, honestly. Just the fact that you are, you know, 
unapologetically yourself. And I love that. And I think everyone listening to this also loves it. I know they do. I know they do. Um, And I have to be honest with you, like as, okay. And we talked about this before we started recording a little bit, but you know, this is a conversation that the body positivity conversation is a conversation that is so relevant to my work as a fitness trainer, as a Pilates instructor, especially as someone who deals with women, hundreds, thousands of women every day who feel not quite comfortable in their own skin, especially during pregnancy and postpartum, right? That's my sort of my niche. Um, and, and this whole body positivity movement has been something that I so respect and value, but it's something that I've been hesitant to talk about because personally I've never been in a marginalized body. So I am that thinner, able-bodied white blonde woman that you mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, and it, and it feels like, it feels like I don't have a license to speak about it because it's not something that I've personally struggled with. And yet I want to make this a, a conversation that we have. So I'm grateful for you coming on here and talking about this, but also would love your thoughts on how, you know, say fitness trainers like myself can do a better job at, you know, whether it's the way they market their programs, whether it's how they talk about it, the language they use, um, and just in general, not just fitness trainers, but just how do we have this as a broader conversation? Because I think there are some other people similar to me who feel like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to step on any toes. Mm. Yeah. Well, first of all, you're so eloquent in the way you speak about it already. (laughs) You can tell you're super sensitive to how it might make someone feel. But here's what My Size Rocks is about, and here's what I've always talked about and always shown, is women of all sizes. In many of my campaigns, I put a girl who's a size two next to me, a girl who's a four, a girl who's got tall curly hair, a girl who's like shorter and blonde. Like I try to really show women of all sizes, because this isn't about being big. This is about feeling good. And if I've learned one thing, there are as many, tall, skinny, blonde women who feel just as bad about their bodies. Oh yeah. A woman who is a size 22. And it is about how we feel on the inside and almost all women that I speak to across every genre and the most beautiful women I speak to have the most anxieties about their bodies. And so this isn't something and body confidence and body positivity is not something that is reserved. And it irritates me if people think it is reserved for a girl who's bigger. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a license to want to talk about how we love ourselves, how we feel good in the skin we're in, and about um, how we can promote this breaking down of what is a beautiful body and instead just embracing that we actually all look different. Some of those people are going to be tall, skinny, blonde, white women. <laughs> Some of those women are going to be curvaceous brunettes. Some of those women are going to be a million in between. Some of them are going to be dark. Some are going to be light. They're going to be everything. Some are going to have curly hair. Some are going to have Afro hair. Some are going to have straight hair. We all look different. And so my thing is, let's just show what the world looks like and diversity so that we all see ourselves. If I don't see myself in a beauty ad mm. or a fitness ad, then how am I ever supposed to believe that it's for me? How am I ever supposed to be inspired when the fitness people that I look at are so far from how I will ever, ever look? (laughs) Even if I do that fitness program every single day, (laughs) never going to look like that. So what we need to do is we need to just change what people see. I love that. It's it's so true. Like representation and diversity. Matters. Um, Yeah. And and to know that you know, we want you to be focusing on health at every size. There's a movement 
they actually, there's an acronym haze that I'm learning about. And this concept that like, it's about how you feel, it's about your health. And it's not necessarily about like an aesthetic. There are plenty of women that I work with who are thin, but very unhealthy. Yeah. And like, I would really like to figure out how to navigate and take away some of those um, stigmas about the fact that I did lose weight mm-hmm. and I do feel better and I do feel healthier. And yet I'm petrified to talk about what I've done to feel that way because I don't want to make women feel left out or isolated or um, millions of things. I don't want to trigger women, but here I am. I've done something for myself where I've released weight, which was releasing of a lot of stress and a lot of years of baggage. And I released a lot of emotions. This was, I released parts of me. And um, yet here I am nervous to talk about it, even though it has been a wonderful thing I've done for my health. It's not a wonderful thing because smaller bodies are praised more. It's a wonderful thing because I actually feel better. Mm -hmm. I actually am physically healthier. Um, And my thing is you can want to change yourself. You can want to be on a journey. You just don't have to hate yourself in the process. I love that. Oh my God. Can I, can you repeat that? (laughs) You can want to change. You have permission to want to change yourself without hating yourself in the process. Oh, good. And that's the problem is, is that weight loss has been tied to for so long to emotional triggers rather than like physical facts. Like I've lost weight and um, I have goals of things I want to lose weight because Lexi knows I really want to have a baby and I want to be able to go through most likely the process of IVF and all of that. And I know that there is, my doctor had told me there's an optimal weight we need you to be in for you to respond to these drugs properly and be able to carry this baby healthier. Mm-hmm. If bigger women can carry a baby healthy, of course, lots of them can. But for me, that was where it started. It wasn't about a desire to look a certain way to appeal to men more. It yeah. was started from a, from a love of myself. And, and, and then yet I'm really scared to talk about it. But I love like how you've just talked about it right here is so releasing and shedding and those types of words around experiences that you've now gone through, you know, releasing stress and like becoming happier just in your life. And you talk so much around mindset and the ability for you to manifest your future and be able to actually put that into action, which I know both Nikki and I are huge believers in. It's like the secret sauce to success that no one talks about. It truly is like hundred percent. Like I fully created my husband. Absolutely. And I don't have a husband anymore, but But I I have a boyfriend and I like, I fully created that. Like I put love out into the universe, positivity and, and then it found me and like, and with jobs and things that have come into me. But I think that it's like that, that you're right, that there's so much, Fear about who can talk about being body positive. Yep. Are you allowed? To, how dare you talk about it when you've only ever been what we all are achieving to be? And it's like, I've well, gotten those comments, though. I get that. I have gotten those comments, right? And I'm sure you have gotten a gazillion comments. I'm either thin. I'm either not thin enough, right? Or I'm too big. Or yeah, I'm not big enough. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm not big enough, or I'm too big. 
like I can't win. And so that's when you, you kind of take back the ownership of my, my body. Like, it's like, this is my body. This is my health. This is my journey. This is my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> luxurious Roxy, not luxurious XYZ basement hater. Yeah. <laughs> so I can basement talk about hater. whatever I want to talk about. I don't need permission from you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to tell me how I feel about my body. And you yeah. don't get to tell me what I can and cannot talk about. But I have been cautious about how I talk about the fact that I've released weight because mm-hmm. I don't want to be known for only talking about that. Yeah, trigger women. But on the flip side of it, I know there are so many women struggling. I ate, I did, I like was eating emotionally and eating for stress and not feeling good about myself. And I want to help other people overcome that stuff in a safe way. Yeah. Well, it's just telling to you, like, so telling of the character and person you are that you're putting so much thoughtfulness behind that piece of your journey and how you share that with the people who follow you because you are so influential in how you speak to all of the women that follow, follow alongside you. But I'm not sure I figured out. I'm not sure I will figure it out. I, um, obviously every single major weight loss brand in history has reached out to oh, me. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, gosh, I imagine. Some are, and some of them, I'm like, I believe in what you're doing, but am I scared to do work with them? A hundred percent. And so I'm not sure I'm going to get it right. I'm not sure I'm going to navigate it all, but I'm going to be honest and I'm going to do my best. I, I know you will get it right for sure. I'll put my, my faith in you for sure. But, um, you mentioned around, you know, um, fertility and, uh, and your want and need to have a family. So let's talk about what you're doing next, because this is just, again, like being such an advocate for women. And that's, you know, truly why we wanted you on here being a women's podcast and, you need to share because it's so exciting. And I know Nikki relates so much to what you're doing for women through this app that you're creating and going to be releasing hopefully soon. Yes. It's coming to market very soon. So tell us how it came to be and like what it's all about. It's a women's health app and it's all about women's focused female health. And it's provides access to experts in that space virtually. There's diagnostics you can go through. So, you know, those tricky, awkward questions like I'm bleeding after intercourse. Okay. Well, actually you girls might talk about this. Yeah, stuff. we totally do. <laughs> the place that people talk about this stuff, but a lot of people are fearful to go to their doctors and ask those questions. Now you can go onto the app. You can go through the diagnostics. You can figure it out through the app. All these gynecological issues we don't want to talk about. And there's expert doctors that it's created by that just focus on women's health. And you'll even then, if you wanted to meet with one virtually, you could do that. And then there's a whole piece to it that's going to really focus on the part of fertility that we thought was missing, which is natural fertility. Why wasn't anyone talking to me or helping me figure out how to get pregnant when I wanted to get pregnant. I didn't know you had to track your ovulation. I didn't know what an ovulation tracker was. Like there was a stick you pee on it. I didn't know about that until it was too late. And so I think that there's women out there around the world who we can help without them having to spend so much money in this unaccessible castle that fertility doctors live at the top of, which is cost 
thousands and thousands of dollars. You have to get on these special wait lists that maybe like you have to know like Halle Berry to get to these people. And, and I was like, this is crazy. This is not an ivory castle. Like let's make fertility. Let's talk about fertility and let's make it accessible to women all over the world. I love Amen. It. Do it virtually. So I don't have to go into a clinic right now. Good. It's so true. And yeah, I just literally yesterday sent my girlfriend like the ovulation sticks that I used. And it's uh, like, you don't ever know any of it. Like you're trying so hard to not get pregnant most of your life. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, so this should be easy. And then you realize, oh, wait. (laughs) And it's so linked to how we feel as women and our confidence. And I just think like our value is placed in us as being able to, you know, to oh God, yeah. baby. And it's like, all of a sudden, well, nobody told me that that expires at a certain age and you should have frozen your eggs. And we were joking. I'm saying, what was I giving the advice? Buy a Chanel lambskin black baguette as your investment piece when you're 25 and put it in your wardrobe and you'll love it when you're 35 and 45 and 55. I'm like, you really want to know what I would have loved? Having my eggs frozen so I could have a baby when I'm 35. But no talks about that until it's too late. Yeah. Oh so yeah. we're giving it to everyone affordably, accessibly, and to people all over the world who don't have access to it. It's a privilege that we have access to even talk to a fertility doctor or a gynecologist or a female health expert or a lactation consultant or a sleep trainer, like a nutritionist that knows about hormones and women's bodies. Like these are all luxuries me, the three of us have access to, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of women out there who are suffering from PCOS and there's just simple things, mm-hmm. but they can't fix them because they don't have access to this kind of health care. And so we're bringing it to them. It's so good. I love that. And there's such a need. You're absolutely right. I know because of the DMs I get every day, there's a huge need, my friend. Yeah, it will. I'll be, I'm not going to say it's name, the need, well, her name, she has a name. Yeah, as a name, and she's obviously female. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love that it's a person. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And um, we follow along on my Instagram, Luxurious Roxy. That's where I'll be talking about it, sharing it. Um, and it's not just me. It's, like, created by actual, incredible leading doctors in this space. Um, and that's, I think, the best part is that it's, like, all these people who care about women's health and then are deeply knowledgeable about it are bringing it to the market. And you know what, like, I'm done. Like, let's bring down that whole system that we, none of us have access to unless we're privileged and with money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's such a great, I mean, and I know we mentioned before when we were chatting about it and I'm sure you're going to have the community element to it. And just, um, Nikki mentioned like being able to lean on one another, um, through that, which Nikki's spoken very openly about how, nice it was to have a like she created oh, yeah. you can speak to it but and, you created yeah. your own like yeah, other instagram an amazing community and the the thing that's cool is that the more it builds the more users we get the more women we can provide that care to the more women that we can put through fertility on the app like we don't need to we can give it to them for free we'll be able to afford to we're creating this model of like a give back so it's like maybe it's like for every this many women who are able to afford and use the programs on the app that are very accessible but when you have a user database that big and that large and people really start using it if we become the uber of women's health (laughs) you know then imagine how many women we can provide free health care to 
free fertility to that they couldn't otherwise get it to. And I love that model of it. It's like, I, I began to realize there's women and we're connected all over the world by something. And yep. yet we're not helping each other out. I'm sitting in this silo in Toronto, not thinking about a woman in India. I'm not thinking about a woman in Sri Lanka. I'm not thinking about a woman in the United States who cannot get access to a gynecologist. It's crazy. And so I thought, you know, well, I didn't really think about it. Let's be honest. <laughs> the people, it, it came to me when it was like pretty much in its fruition. And I've just stepped in with enthusiasm because I'm so excited about it. Mm-hmm. But I love the concept that there is going to be this community of women supporting women and being able to give healthcare to each other, to women who otherwise have no hope of having it because of they're in a remote village somewhere or they just can't afford it. It's amazing. I'm yeah, so, so excited to thought a TV show about <laughs> it's just like I mean your platform is so powerful and you're using it for such that's, a that's the lesson here, ladies, for anybody yeah. listening and watching. Take life and every opportunity that is presented to you, and even if you don't think it's right for you, open that door, slam through it, and then just make it what you need it to. I love that so much. And you have gotten to this point because you believed and bet on yourself. And that is such an incredible lesson for every woman to to take with them because you said, this isn't for me. I'm not going to be in this box, you know, to bring it full circle around to the beginning of our chat. And you bet on yourself and it's paid off and you are, you know, glowing with happiness and you are creating your life in front of you. For and I, I think women can do it. And so many women look at me and they're like, yeah, but you had a rich husband and you were this. I'm like, you don't know anything. I did it on my own. <laughs> like everyone has this perception of me because I've never told all those stories, but yeah. I never thought it was like, I just, this is not who I am. You know me, but believe me when I say, I know what it feels like to sit on your bathroom floor and think this is it. Life's over. Like you can't go on anymore. I can't, I cannot come back from this. Yeah. And I have clawed my way back and made every single cent. I've come from, I've gone from zero to a hundred and zero to a hundred a few times. It's... And I started just like the girls who are listening with nothing in my bank account. And I did it on my own. It's incredible. And so inspiring. Really? So, what advice? People to we, know, like, you can do it. Is that your advice? Like, what is your what is your top piece of advice for someone listening right now who's not in a good place, who's not feeling confident, whether it's about their finances, whether it's about how they look? Um, what would you say to them? I would say that this notion that you're born with confidence, you're born smart, you're born successful, take all of that and throw it out the door. These things can be learned. You can teach yourself how to be the most confident person in the room. And if you can't, I can teach you. I'm going to teach you. That's what I am working on. That is what's coming next. I am going to teach women how they can be confident in business, how they can be confident in their bodies, how they can be confident enough in their cells that they walk into a bar, if we're allowed back in bars, and they walk over to that guy that they're interested in and they ask him out. I'm going to teach women how to like take control of their lives and get the lives they want by being confident. And I believe I can teach women that. It's not something I'm born with. I wasn't the prettiest. I'm not the smallest. I wasn't the richest. I didn't come from rich parents. I just believed in myself and worked on these things every day in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then here we are. (laughs) And I work on them still every day. 
It's I'm so, so excited. I want to take it. I want to take your course. Me too. <laughs> Our female Tony Robbins right here. Right there. Yeah, like I looked at Tony Robbins and I'm so inspired by Tony Robbins, but I felt you don't get me. <clears throat> and I love Tony Robbins. Yeah. But there was an element where I thought I can bring something else to the table here. I can inspire women, but I can do it from the point of view of a woman who's been in their shoes. I've been called fat. I've been made fun of. I've been everything. I've been poor. I've been rich. I've been all of it. Yeah. I lived the life, Lexi knows that I lived the life of like a 40 year old successful woman when I was 25. And then I flipped it all around and then I got a divorce and then I like, I've done these things. And so I have the experiences that I think a lot of women can relate to. And that's what makes it different. It's like, it's different when you hear it from somebody who is in your shoes. Yeah. Well, Amen. I'm so excited for all of these things that you're working on. And so tell everyone, cause everyone who doesn't follow you already is going to want to follow you. I hope. So where do you find you? Um, everything is at luxurious Roxy. My name is Roxy Earl. I'm sure if you put it into Google, everything about me comes up. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the things that you I just talked about. Google myself and it's really funny. <laughs> Whatever, it's like what's funny is what's trending that month on about me. Roxy Earl's net worth. I'm like not accurate. <laughs> if I could just, if I could adopt what the internet says about me, sometimes I'm like that's helpful. But who's Roxy Earl dating? What's Roxy Earl's weight? Roxy Earl's height? What's Roxy Earl's diet? <laughs> I oh love my it. God, all all the fake news. But you are. Yeah. Fabulous. And thank you so much for coming on. Oh and gosh, it's a pleasure, girls. It was an honor. I love you both. You're both doing such amazing things for women. So sweet. What did I say to Lexi when she said she was doing this? I said, I want to be on every day. I want to be a third host. <laughs> that would Just, actually be really I, fun. I know, right? I was like, I love talking to you guys. Exactly. I actually be the third host because there's no way I'm going to go there. I'm not going to go there for half the things you want to talk about. Like you're going to talking about things. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go there. But uh, whenever you need me, uh, call me up. Well, once your app's, app is launched, we got to get you back on. And then we're going to do a full one dedicated to that because I know it'll be something that yes. I'm going to want to learn more about. So going to be amazing. Thank and you so I much. And um, yeah, everyone follow Roxy and thanks for listening. Thanks, girl. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.